Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now, each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite, or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're, we're identical, identical twins. <laughs> All right, this is episode four of Hymn Talk, Talk, Twin, twin Talk. Talk. We are so excited for episode four. Every week we get so excited about the hymn. It becomes sort of our favorite hymn, right? right. And we hope that you guys are thinking of the song yeah. too throughout the week. I hope you're humming it and singing mm -hmm. it as you go. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we still want to hear from you all. We want to do your requests. So keep those requests coming because we're going to get to them. I promise. We love hearing from you. We and, do. you know, we especially love when you use our hashtag, <laughs> HymnTalk TwinTalk. Twin yep. So hashtag, hashtag HymnTalk. Talk, twin talk. And we actually say him talk, twin talk a lot. Yes. And it's kind of hard to say. Especially with the word hashtag in front of it. We keep <laughs> we keep having a tongue twister. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, let us know your thoughts on hymns and we'll get to them. All right. So now we're like episode four, new different hymn. Right. We want something that's going to surprise our listeners. That's unlike the other ones. So we thought maybe one that was a little bit more focused, not just a hymn of praise, but a, a focused hymn, maybe an invitation hymn. Mm -hmm. Okay, we let's thought, see if we can drop hints and see if people can guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought maybe we would do something in a different time signature. Mm -hmm. we, so this, this one's... Six, eight, mm -hmm. yes. And this one we thought actually was a little bit more popular in the secular world yes. than the others. We found an awesome version of it that was recorded by the Andrew Sisters. Right. We found a version by Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson, Yeah, too. Kelly joined Reba in one okay. of the recordings. So, and so we found it in movies. In movies. And now I feel like everybody knows this song. I feel like it's a really, really common, well-known hymn. Kind of. What? You don't agree with that? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, outside. Well, we, it's so common, but yet, do we sing it at our church? We've been racking our brains. I no. don't know if we've sung this hymn in our church for years. I know, but if you were watching like the Country Music Awards from a few years ago, then you heard it. All right, Carrie just gave you all a really big <laughs> hint. Do you remember the hymn that Carrie Underwood sang at the Country Music Awards, I think in 2017? So should we tell them the name of the hymn? It's a great one. Are you ready? Yes. If you haven't guessed already, which hopefully some of you have, <laughs> this week's hymn for episode four of our podcast is Softly and Tenderly. <laughs> All right. It's a great song. It's just, I can't believe how often we hear this song in other places besides church. Right. So, you know, the funny thing is, is that once we dug into it a little bit, we realized it wasn't that different from the hymns from prior yeah. weeks. It was actually very similar to My Jesus, I Love Thee. They're both very personal. Mm -hmm. They're both actually good for a funeral. I know. We were talking about funerals last week, saying we wanted My Jesus, I Love no, Me at, a, at this, our funeral. This hymn is a funeral hymn. Mm -hmm. It was written around the same time, right? Right. So A.J. Gordon and this composer is William L. Thompson. They all lived around the same time, and they were contemporaries of D.L. Moody. That we talked about him last I week, know. too. They were all friends, and they all came out of this revival tent mm -hmm. meeting tradition. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, where the birth of this invitation gospel song 
came from. Right. So at the end of these tent meetings, they would have this congregational hymn, and it would be an invitation. People were called to make either a profession of faith or a, or a recommitment of one's life, right. and they would have this song being sung while they came forward. Yes, and the tradition was that those invitations would last so <laughs> long, right. and they would just keep repeating and keep repeating. Right. And Give keep... everyone a chance. Yeah. Are you like... sure there's anyone else who can come down? Someone way in the back. <laughs> Let's just sing it one more time. Yeah. So in a lot of times, these invitation hymns have a refrain. M&M's, always fun. <laughs> is the part of the song that always gets repeated. Right, this is our little musical nerd moment, right. Carrie. Do you want to share with them the refrain? Sure. All right, let's sing it for them right now so everybody can hear and get this tune in their heads. Mm. Come home. Come home. Come home. Written by William Lamartine Thompson. Now this theme of come home, come home, I feel like when it was used in an invitation for um, these tent meetings, that it was really about Jesus calling people to him. And that feeling that home gives you of peace and comfort, that comes from Jesus. Right. And if you look in the hymnals... Every almost every hymnal that I could find mm -hmm. with this hymn was the scripture verse Matthew eleven twenty eight. Yes, come to me, mm -hmm. all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What does the Bible <laughs> say? Yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful scripture and verse. I think that yeah, people are weary, people are mm -hmm. tired, people are fed up, and there's Jesus saying, "Come to me." Right. I have to think that that scripture verse was the hymnspiration <laughs> for William L. Thompson. I mean, he he wrote the words, "Ye who are weary, come home." I feel like that comes right from the Book of Matthew. However, Jesus really doesn't say come home in the Bible, in the New Testament. No. That's not there. And if we just thought about the theme of home and returning home, um, you know, is there a Bible story that you would think about? What does the Bible <laughs> say? I think even our kids would come up with this one, right? Yeah. When you think of coming home, I think of the prodigal son. And I think of that father who's standing at the doorway saying, I want you back. I'm going to celebrate your return. I am so happy. Yep. The prodigal son is from Luke 15. Mm -hmm. And the father is happy that his son is returning. And that's what we think Jesus is saying when he sees us coming home. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there are a couple of Bible references to to really focus in on what that home means. Right. The other one, of course, is one of our favorites. We talked about it last yeah, week. That's right. From John 14, Jesus says, in my father's house mm -hmm. are many rooms. So he's actually talking about the house in heaven right. that he's prepared for us. And I think that must be how this hymn got so popular in for funerals. For funerals. Now, speaking of funerals, mm -hmm. this hymn was sung at Martin Luther King's funeral. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So let's talk about the guy who wrote this. So All this right. is William Lamartine Thompson. 
Born on November 7th, 1847. In East Liverpool, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> we always get a laugh out of that. Every time we talk about him being born in East Liverpool and living in East Liverpool, we always have to think, oh, wait. Was it here in, in America? America? Yes, <laughs> it was in Ohio. So he was actually born in Ohio. He was the youngest of seven children mm -hmm. to Josiah and Sarah Thompson. Now, in East Liverpool, the father, Josiah Thompson, was a very successful merchant and businessman. He owned a lot of businesses and a lot of property. Mm -hmm. Now, he sent his son off to college. He went to Mount Union College in Ohio. He went on to study at the New England Conservatory right here in Boston. <laughs> so another hymn writer that has a local connection local to us. Yeah, and then he continued his music studies in Germany. He was actually turning into this pretty accomplished songwriter. Mm -hmm. In fact, they called him the Stephen Foster of Ohio. <laughs> Does everyone know who Stephen Foster is? Uh, I mean, he wrote so many songs, hundreds of like minstrel songs yep. and sentimental ballads. And folk songs, American mm -hmm. folk songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. He did the Campdown Races. Campdown Races, sing this song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He did um, uh, Oh Susanna. Yep. Yep. And Beautiful Dreamer, which is one of my favorites. Okay, so what's Beautiful Dreamer? Beautiful Dreamer. Isn't it the, like the trapeze artist song? I don't know. Do, 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 do. Are there words to it? Yeah. Oh. Beautiful Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like us, we only know those first few words. The title, the title. Foster was awesome. To have him be called the Stephen Foster, I mean, that's, that's yeah. a huge compliment, right? Now, he wrote some secular songs. Mm -hmm. One of his most popular songs is a piece called Gathering Up the Shells at the she Seashore. Oh, so, oh my gosh, another oh, time to say. Gathering up the shells at the seashore. Another tongue twister, just like hashtag to in talks with talk. I was really excited to learn about this song, Kelly, because he wrote it when he was in Boston. Right. He was studying at the conservatory. He took a little trip to Nahant Beach. Oh, we love Nahant Beach. I know. And it inspired him to write this song. So, of course, he goes to New York when he's done with school to sell his music, mm -hmm. and nobody's interested. Yeah, we read something that some publishing house wanted to pay him like 20 cents for yeah, the song. it was something silly and, and he, he refused to do it. Nope. So after all of his studies and trying to sell his music, he goes back to East Liverpool, Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> to open up his own music store. Yep. So his father is opening a dry goods store and they're calling it the J. Thompson and Company. And in the building... William has a little place for himself, and he calls it the W.L. Thompson Music Company. And he has a very successful business. Teachers and musicians all over America are ordering their sheet music, mm -hmm. buying reed organs, other instruments, other supplies from his business. In East Liverpool, Ohio. <laughs> and he's able to publish his own songs. This business was so successful, Carrie, that he ended up separating from his father's business and going out all on his own. Yeah. And he called his store the Music Emporium of Professor William L. Thompson. It reminds me of, you know, Professor Harold Hill in The yeah, Music Man. From, yeah, definitely. So maybe they, it's a whole thing. The whole thing is a scam or something. Yeah. So, yeah, the Music Emporium of Professor William L. Thompson becomes so successful that he actually opens up a second store in Chicago. And he gets to publish his own songs mm -hmm. that no one else was willing to publish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He actually wrote so many, and we don't really know because he had so many pseudonyms. He, um, and, of course, he himself is the publisher. Right, so I'm sure he wanted it to look like there were other, right. other hymn writers he, in the hymnal. He couldn't just put his name on everything. Funnily enough, though, we don't know a lot of his hymns. I mean, they're not that well known by far. 
far, this softly and tenderly is his most famous. Oh, absolutely. But there is another one that I really like. Okay. Now, do you know Jesus is all the world to me? I mean, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I totally can remember playing this. It's in 6-8 time. It has a nice little lilt and bounce to it. Can I? I Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I wonder if our listeners will recognize it. I think so. Okay. Jesus is all the world to me, my life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. Yay, that was great. <laughs> He's my friend. I mean, it's very cute, isn't it's it? It's cute, but I mean, it's 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 similar to the others. They're they're kind of simple. They're easy to sing. So you see some similarities in these hymns. Yeah, and he actually has this kind of focus on sort of what's happening after this life here on earth. In verse 4, he says, I trust him now, I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend, beautiful life that has no end. Wow, that's so funny because in my research, there were so many hymns that we just didn't know, had never heard before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I did find two more that both are dealing with Eschatology. (laughs) Eschatological issues, Come on, you just made up that word. God bless you. (laughs) All right, so I have a sound effect for when Kelly uses a $10 word. What's that? What's that? (laughs) Only $10? I don't know. What's that expression? Like a $100 word? I don't know. A $10 word. So eschatological (laughs) is a real word. Oh my gosh, I'm making her laugh. All right, tell everybody what it means because I really don't know. It is relating to death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul. You hear this word a lot in like theological studies. So What's that? (laughs) I don't hear it a lot. I mean, it comes up in conversation with me almost daily. It must be because you have a PhD. (laughs) All right, so... I do think that this is something that maybe was a, an inspiration to W.L. Thompson. What was? <laughs> there, his inspiration, Carrie, is writing songs about the end of our life. Mm-hmm, All right, mm-hmm. so we have Softly and Tenderly, which is very popular for funerals. Mm-hmm. This song, which has verse 4, which to me, you know, deals with Absolutely. your life with Christ in heaven. Yep. And then I found two more. So it's Lead Me Gently Home, Father, okay. which is a hymn I had never heard of, and unlike the others, is not quite singable. <laughs> it's very, it has like all sorts of jumps. Aww. And then the other one that I really thought was interesting was called There's a Great Day Coming. Ooh, yep. I like that. Great right. day. So you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. I shared mine. You do yours. All right, so this is There's a Great day coming, a great day coming, there's a great day coming by and by. When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left, are you ready for that day to come? Hmm. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready? Are you ready? For the judgment day. Oh, I love that. I mean, so so these judgment hymns, mm-hmm. these end of life hymns, they're not the best and easiest to put into worship because judgment is not 
a great theme for people. People don't want to hear about it. Well, and certainly not every week. No. I mean, yeah. So this song starts out so exciting. There's a great day coming. There's a great day. It sounds awesome. And then verse two, it says, there's a bright day coming, but its brightness shall only come to them that love the Lord. Are you ready for that day to come? And then the third verse, which I can't imagine singing this in a worship service, is... There's a sad day coming, a sad day coming. There's a sad day coming by and by. When the sinner shall hear his doom depart, I know you not. Are you ready for that day to come? Wow. And that's an example where, really, I'm sorry, but the words in the text, the words in the music don't marry well. They do not marry well. It they sounds do like for verse one. Yeah, right. In that verse, though, it sounds like a very happy, fun, exciting melody. <laughs> and then the words say, when the sinner shall hear his doom. Right. I mean, that's awful. But I think you're right. William L. Thompson must have been particularly inspired by this theme. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back in those revival and those tent meetings, a lot of the theme was, you know, repent now. You right. will die. I mean, they were they they didn't hold anything back. Right. And you know that message kind of worked at that time. So people turned to the faith. It was called the Great Awakening, mm -hmm. the Third Great Awakening by that time. And and it people that was the truth that people wanted to hear. Um, that would be a hard song, I think, for us to put into worship today. Yeah. And, you know, that brings us to Softly and Tenderly because maybe there is some difficulty about Softly and Tenderly as a mm -hmm. congregational worship song. You know, sometimes songs are great, but they're really good for solos. Mm -hmm. They're really good for private devotional time. Are they a song that should be sung by a congregation altogether in a Sunday morning worship service? You know, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. not. So... We thought we would do something a little different. We're going to break down this hymn one verse at a time. Mm -hmm. So let's sing verse one, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. one is beautiful and I think people know it yes I, I don't think people need to look at a hymnal for that mm -hmm. that verse one is well known mm -hmm. so I mean I did chuckle a little bit Carrie over that word portal <laughs> portal <laughs> I mean that's not a word you hear that often Okay, so that's kind of an old-fashioned word. What's that? <laughs> I mean, maybe not as difficult as eschatological. <laughs> no. But let's talk about portals. See, on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. So portal. Okay. So what do you think portal means? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was like a doorstep, yeah. a doorstop, a door yeah. doorway. A door, a gate, or entrance. Okay. Especially one of imposing appearance. Mm. So... When I did a little bit of research on portals, mm -hmm. I found that there are portal novels and portal stories. So I have a little quiz for you, Carrie. <laughs> a pop quiz, really? On portals? <laughs> on portals. Okay, go. So yeah, so there's portal novels, 
portal stories. What happens in these types of stories is when an ordinary person is magically transported to someplace else by going through a portal. Okay, so what's the story about the portal? Come on, I want you oh, to Oh, like the Lion, one. the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. The whole story is right. based around this portal of okay. going through the wardrobe. Okay. All right, do you have any others? <laughs> Not really. So you go through something. I mean, totally the wardrobe. I mean, like um, Alice in Wonderland, the rabbit hole? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then there's a cartoon one that I love. It's a film from 2001. Our kids were little. Our kids all liked it. And the main characters go through these portals and to go into other areas. They have missions that they have to do at night. <laughs> I have no While idea. kids are sleeping. Wazowski. That's it. <laughs> Don't forget your paperwork, Wazowski. I have my eyes on you. <laughs> we both love Monster Things. That's why I thought you would get it. Okay, oh, so those are my portal. My portal. Um, Okay, so yeah, so that Portal stories, portal novels. I mean, a weird word to maybe put in a hymn, well, but it works. Okay. Okay. So besides the, the fact that Jesus is at the portal, which I think is a weird word, what portal do you think Jesus is at? What does the Bible say? <laughs> All right, what is it? Well, this, of course, comes from Revelation 3.20. Mm-hmm. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. There's your door. So there's your door. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I remember that as a kid. Jesus was knocking on the door of our mm-hmm. heart. Yep. And we would, you know, open it up and let him in. Mm-hmm. All right, verse two. Are we ready for verse two? All right, let's share verse two with them. Why should we tarry when the Jesus is couple of weird words there too more weird words i know i mean what do you think of the word tarry? what's that what's that <laughs> what do you think of the word tarry carrie um tarry isn't that just like waiting yes tarry to remain or stay or wait okay now there is another hymn that's very popular oh that's very personal that people in our church love and the word Terry is there, too. And I found a really cool connection. Okay, a well-known hymn with the word Terry. I have no idea. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Another good one. In the garden. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that in the Garden, we could do this on another podcast. Yeah, we but could. But In the Garden was written by Charles Austin Miles. Oh. He owned his own music publishing company. Wow. It was called Hall Mack Company, and it was in 1892 in Pennsylvania. So just around yeah. the same time, these two men are writing hymns kind of not far from each other, Pennsylvania to East Liverpool, yeah. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> And they both use the word Terry. Yeah. I thought that was funny. That's very cool. And then the other word is heed. 
Heed. So, heed. What's that? <laughs> um, I think that just means listen, pay attention yep. to. Heed. Give careful attention to. Mm-hmm. Give attention. Have regard. Okay. And oh my goodness, when I looked up heed in the Bible, there was there was so much. Psalm one hundred seven one, the first verse. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Mm-hmm. And then Psalm 107.43, the last verse, let the one who is wise heed these things. What does the Bible say? Awesome. I just have to think that, that this whole chapter 107 of Psalms inspired right. him because it was it's that it's that whole verse. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So the first verse is really about Jesus knocking at the door and wanting a relationship with us. The second verse is why should we tarry? Why should we wait? Why should we linger? And, you know, it just brought me to Matthew 4 when Jesus called the disciples. Mm -hmm. Do you know that he called them? Um, He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. (laughs) And do you know what the men did? They didn't, like, stay around. They didn't think about it. They right. didn't talk about it. The Bible says in verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. And yes. I just have to think that W.L. Thompson was thinking about that. Like, why are you waiting? Right. Verse 3? All right, let's do it. So verse 3 is the one that actually is omitted in a lot of hymnals. And I think you might see why. Yeah. All right, All right. let's show the let's verse. Let's verse 3. Time. That just brought down the mood, right? Right. Well, I mean, I can see why people associate this song with funerals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that verse is all about the end. Shadows are gathering. Deathbeds are coming. Right. I mean, that's awkward. Deathbeds just don't come. Right. And I did see the word changed in later versions okay. where it says death's night is coming. Right. Which I think maybe makes a little more sense. But Kelly, we talked about this already, didn't we? Carrie Underwood sang this song. She didn't just sing it at the Country Music Awards. She sang it as part of their, you know, in memory segment that they did. And, and they paid respect to all the country artists who had passed in that year. Yeah. And they paid respect and honored those who had died in the Las Vegas shooting because it had just happened recently. Right. Right. And I tell you, when I watch that video, it is so moving to the production of it, the the way the lights are, her voice. Oh, she's the it's words. Beautiful. It's a very moving tribute. Yeah, so maybe after you google the Andrew Sisters version of it, mm-hmm. which is great. Which is great. You can google the Country Music Awards. So you could see if we were going to do this on a normal Sunday of worship, I probably wouldn't have verse three. I would probably right. just do verse one, two, or four, and four. Yeah, if that. So Kelly, I know you did a lot of digging, and you really went down this sort of rabbit hole, this portal <laughs> of funerals and funeral yeah. music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. I it. I don't know if that's the greatest topic for a podcast <laughs> on him talk to him talk, but I did find a website called funeralwise.com. And, you know, if someone's trying to plan a funeral and they don't know the, what songs to do, maybe they would go there for yeah, suggestions. It's a resource. So it says the top 14 songs okay. for funerals. It's kind of a weird number. It's a random number, and it's also, like, sad. Like, do you want to make this list? 
So is Softly and Tenderly on it? So Softly and Tenderly is not on the top 14 list, but okay. it's on the next level of other recommended songs. It's like right there. Okay. So I was just wondering if mm-hmm. you could maybe guess the number one Number one song. Easy. Easy. Amazing Grace. Absolutely. Yeah, it has Grace. to be. I mean, we'll do Amazing Grace on our podcast one of these days, right? Yeah. I mean, it's such a well-known song. So well-known. I mean, people are just probably waiting for it. When right. are we going to do Amazing Grace? Right. All right, so what else is on that list? What's a like, great um, hymn? How Great Thou Art. Yes. 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 I think of popular, popular song in the Catholic tradition. Yep, probably the Ave Maria. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to look up and see um, the top songs for funerals, go to funeralwise.com. Um, we'll have a link on, our, <laughs> yeah, on sure. our Facebook page. All right, well, let's move on to verse four. Okay. All right, let's show them verse four. Is, I think this wraps up the whole song. Yeah. It's not about about the end of your life, mm-hmm. um, and it's a, it's about something that is happening right now. Uh, that last verse is telling us our God loves us and He will forgive us. What mm-hmm. does the Bible <laughs> say? Uh, is there a lot of Bible verses to this one? I know yeah. we have so many today. But I mean, I'm just brought to First John one nine. If we confess our sins, mm-hmm. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. There really has been so much to talk about with those Bible yep. verses mm-hmm. and those those words. I'd like to talk for a little bit always fun. <laughs> about the time signature. Yes. So we six, thought this was going to be such a big difference. That's why we picked it. I know. I it's know. in six eight six eight time signature. So for those of you who are maybe not into music theory, I'll just tell you that the time signature sort of has to do with the way the sound is organized, the organizational pattern of the beats. And those are the two numbers at the beginning of your song. Now, do you know what the bottom number is, Callie? The eight, the bottom number eight, is for the eighth note that gets the beat. Mm -hmm. The eight gets the beat. And the top note reveals? six, and that's how many beats there are in a measure. So if you're going to count out the measure, you're going to always be counting one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, right. three, four, five, six. And of course, with six, eight time, what you're hearing is this kind of pattern that it's not just one, two, three, four, five, six. It's one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five, six. One, two, well, three, actually, four, six, eight five, time six. is used for light, double, and triple jigs, fast <laughs> waltzes, or marches. In general, you should take six, eight songs fast at a faster speed than, say, music that would be in six, four. But really, softly and tenderly, kind of is the complete opposite. Right, it's none of those things. Yeah, it was almost like William Thompson wanted a departure from right. what you think you know right. about six, eight time. So look at I have this brand new segment for this episode that I'm super excited about. Oh, this about. is great. You guys are going to love it. It's called Let's Go to the Movies. Ooh. <laughs> we love going to the movies, don't we, Carrie? Oh, it's been a long time it's been since a long time. I've sat in a movie. I've gone to a drive-in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was just so excited and impressed at how many times we hear the song softly and tenderly in the movies. So... 
it was in a Prairie Home Companion from 2006. Meryl Streep and Lily Tomlin sang this song together. Oh. They performed all their music live. Uh, have you ever heard of this movie? I don't think so. I mean, there's so many stars in it. Lily Tomlin, Meryl Streep, Kevin Klein, Lindsay Lohan, Woody Harrelson, Garrison Keillor played himself. What? Maya Rudolph. It was such a cool movie. Neat. So I highly recommend it. Okay, A Prairie Home Companion from 20, 2006. Yep, it was also uh, heard in the 2005 movie called June Bug, starring Amy Adams. Mm. It was sung by a, an actor named Alessandro Navolo, and it was it ended up being like a men's trio. And, they, and it was a cappella, and they sounded great. It was also sung in the 1980 film Urban Cowboy. Wow, starring John Travolta and Deborah Winger. Yep. And it was actually, I don't want to give the movie away uh, for people who haven't seen it, but it was sung at a funeral. Okay, so someone in the movie dies eventually. <laughs> someone does. Um, but then it had a major place in the movie The Trip to Bountiful from 1985. Right. I love this movie. So I actually couldn't find this movie on Netflix or Amazon. I ended up getting the DVD from my local library. Um, I do think you can find it on YouTube, though. It was so good. And the hymns had such a major part. So this older, this elderly woman lives with his her son and his wife, and all she wants is to go home to Bountiful. She wants to see her childhood home. And this is the hometown Bountiful. Yeah, and Aww. this fictional town. Right. But she sings hymns all the time. And the daughter-in-law said, when she's complaining about her mother-in-law, she says, all she does is sing hymns all day. It drives me crazy. And there's this one quote that I ended up pulling from the movie because Aww. she's trying to get ready in the morning and she doesn't want to hear her mother-in-law sing hymns. And this is what she says. Can you hear it? It's too early for hymn singing. Oh, no, it's too early for hymn singing. And I just love that. It just makes me want to use it all the time. It's too early for hymn singing. So, so she... That's probably what our kids want to say to us, Carrie. Yes. So she sings softly and tenderly throughout the, so throughout the movie. She also sings other songs, um, Blessed Assurance and Shall We Gather at the River. It is such a sweet movie. And the idea of her going home to Bountiful, mm -hmm. you know, and then the song says, come home. Come home, right. I just loved it. So what people might not know is that it was a play on Broadway first, Carrie. Yes. It was on Broadway in 1954. Mm -hmm. And then it was on Broadway again in 2013. And it was nominated for the Best Revival. Yeah. And one of my favorite actresses. Really? Cicely Tyson won for Best Actress. Oh, she played the grandmother. She yep. played Mrs. Watts. Yep. Um, in the play on yeah. Broadway, the audiences would start to sing the hymns with her. <sighs> she, the actresses who played Mrs. Watts, they never would, you know, sort of invite the audience right. or look or gesture or anything. The audiences would just start singing. And you don't see that in a New York City Broadway theater, mm -hmm. that people are breaking out into the hymns. But it's... So softly and tenderly shall we gather at the river people would just start uh, blessed singing. assurance yeah, was one of them I love it yep those are the hymns that we're going to be doing on our podcast yeah. i'm sure so that so, wraps up our let's, let's go, go to the movies. movies oh i hope you liked it <laughs> right. all right so i mean we're just about done we've sung the song all of the verses for you mm -hmm. let's just talk a little bit about the composer and this william l thompson wasn't uh, was a great guy yeah i mean he definitely started out fortunate his parents were able to afford right. him to send him to music school and, and he, support his business yeah, yeah. and help him yeah. open up his own business but he really did love his hometown of east liverpool 
Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you were to go to East Liverpool mm-hmm. today, you would find that Thompson name everywhere. There's Thompson Hotel, Thompson Houses. There's Thompson Music Store. Um, there's Thompson Place, Thompson Hill. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about was Thompson Park. Okay. So before he died, William L. Thompson uh, established a trust fund and stipulated that the city must expend this money for this park. He donated of this large parcel of land, and they called it Thompson Park. Mm. Now, he also stipulated that no alcoholic beverages or intoxicated persons would be allowed in the park. Wow. And no sports or gambling would ever take place on a Sunday. The city council accepted the terms and opened the park in the spring of 1900. Now, I've gone to the park's website. It's beautiful. There's 120 acres. There's many recreational resources. And, of course, during the pandemic, it's been closed and opening in, you know, sort of phases. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, people can still go and enjoy this park. It certainly sounds like he loved his hometown Mm -hmm. and he wanted to take care of it. There's the Thompson Hotel that is still there in East Liverpool. Oh, and I think we have a fun fact. (laughs) Okay. That's our fun fact is that President McKinley stayed there. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And W.L. Thompson did so much in East Liverpool. He actually started the East Liverpool Historical Society. Mm -hmm. He was a trustee at the public library. Mm -hmm. And he was the first and most generous donor to the downtown YMCA. When I think of him, I just think of someone who loved his town. I mean, he moved to Massachusetts, but he ended up back there. Back to East Liverpool, Ohio. Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) One other thing I want to talk about is the Hall of Fame. There's this Upper Ohio Valley Hall of Fame, and it was sort of started with Lou Holtz in mind. I don't know if you know who Lou Holtz is. No. but I bet Dad would know who he is. (laughs) Lou Holtz was head coach for 34 years at both the college and the pro levels. He was a football coach, but he's most known for his 11-year stint as head coach at Notre Dame. He was the only man to lead six different college programs Mm -hmm. to bowl games, and he served as life coach to all his players. He was inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame in 2008. And he grew up in this area. He knew the hardworking people in the area. He wanted to help create a Hall of Fame to recognize the people who work hard to make their community a better place to live. And that's exactly how we've talked about William L. Thompson. Right, right. So William L. Thompson was inducted into the Upper Ohio Valley Hall of Fame in 2002. That's great. And, you know, you might think that maybe there's not that many people inducted into this (laughs) Hall of Fame in Upper Ohio. In the Upper Ohio Valley. So, other inductees. Dean Martin. Aw. How about this man? I really loved him always, and he just only recently died. Yeah. Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Same. Now, in 2002, when W.L. Thompson was inducted, at the same time, Robert Urich was inducted at that same ceremony. He's, of course, the actor who was known for Spencer for Hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to end with just a, a psalm for you once again. Um, This seems like a perfect hymn to talk about coming to Jesus. Hmm. If you don't have a relationship with him yet, you'll find all sorts of information on our Facebook page about what it takes to become a follower of Christ. But Psalm 103, a beautiful psalm of praise, reminds us Mm -hmm. that he has not punished us as we deserve for all his sins. For his mercy toward those who fear and honor him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. So if you are someone who thinks that God couldn't possibly love you, that God couldn't possibly forgive you, 
He absolutely can and he does. For his mercy is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And he calls you and he waits for you. Mm. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Keep singing. Keep singing. We'll see you next time on Him Talk, Talk Tweet Talk. Talk. <laughs>